Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're going to take a variety of look at um, some interesting things that have been happening. If you didn't see the report this week coming out of Stonex on some yield information, question is, how are producers reacting to those numbers? We also are going to look, I want to find out um, our guests' uh, thoughts on this Lebanon explosion and the need for grains. They are going to be hurting in less than a month. And then we've got an interesting question coming from a corn producer out of Nebraska, which I think everybody will will agree with uh, when it comes to what's happening at these markets. Are they really not reflecting what's happening um, in reality? And if reality was the numbers that we're going to talk about, how could producers, would they be able to be okay with that? We're going to get all the details today as Arlen Suderman joins us on Wednesdays. He is with Stonex. And Arlen, I wanted to start with that yield information that you guys released this week. Uh, interesting information. What's been the reaction coming back? Uh, it's That's been interesting as well because, as you know, farmers generally on the social media do not like to see high-yield estimates uh, fearing that it will suppress prices. I, I understand that. I get that. I, I just try to put it out, the information, as I see it um, and as the data comes in so at least they have the information that the market is trading and they can make decisions based on that. Um, and so typically, if I put out a high-yield estimate or something that's perceived as high, I'll immediately kind of get crucified by farmers on the social media for doing so in no way and everything like that. And I got a few of those this week, but uh, I'm surprised at how many farmers this year are responding and saying, you know, I think you're too low. And uh, that's that's really taken me back. And uh, there was one online survey done by a Reuters reporter. I did not do it, but a Reuters reporter did that I found interesting. Um, her followers are going to be heavily weighed, I think, toward the farmer end, although I can't say that for sure. Uh, and uh, that survey, 18.2% thought the yield would be below USDA's 178.5 trend yield. All the rest thought it would be at that or higher level. In fact, a matching 18.2% thought it would be above 183. And if you look at our 182.4 yield, that's only 2.2% above trend. That's not very far above trend. It's just that we've never had a 180 yield before nationally, and so therefore it sounds really high to us. Uh, but it's well within the ballpark of possibilities. And ha- would it not be that it's so dry in parts of Iowa and we have such uneven stands um, in uh, Illinois and um, in, in a few pro- other little problem pockets and stuff? I think we could be talking about something in the mid to upper 180s. But because of those factors, I think that will hold us down. And, of course, we've got to go through some critical grain filling times. Um, the, the soybean yield... Uh, we had a 54.2. That's been one of the higher yields that I've heard out there. There are one or two that are as high or higher, but most of them are a little bit lower. Again, that's almost 9% above trend yield. That's a much more significant punch higher. Uh, but as I've heard from farmers from both ends of the, of the corn belt and, uh, even in the eastern Midwest, where the ratings are much lower, the farmers still say it looks like one of the best soybean crops they've seen. Granted, there are problem pockets again, like with corn, and August is even a more critical month to see how those pods set and fill. Well, a lot can happen in the last final months of this, if this crop growing, and things could change come harvest time. 
Oh, they really could. And uh, we'll be doing our survey again on September 1st. And again, this is based on our risk consultants talking to their customers saying, if you had to estimate what the final yield, we're not estimating USDA, we're estimating final yield as of today, what would you put down? And then we calculate that out, something we do every year and it's that our company's been doing for many, many, many years. Doug Jackson started it and it's now continued by his protege, uh, Bevan Everett in our Des Moines office. And uh, last year, our August estimate pegged, pegged the crop exactly. Um, and we've generally been pretty close other than 2017 when everybody missed it. We had a, uh, I can't even talk today. We have a question that came in from a listener that says, why are markets not reflecting reality when the grain is trading? Well, my initial response to that is, so do you want 250 corn? Um, if, if we look at where corn prices should be from a price regression standpoint, it would suggest that we should probably have higher lows. I'm not talking higher for the year as a whole, but, you know, prices move seasonally. Um, and uh, so when you look at it from that standpoint, we probably ought to be looking at a harvest low future somewhere below $3 a bushel. And it may still do that. Um, but with the advent of money involvement and the algorithmic computers trading it, it does change things. Now, Here's the positive. If we look at overall, I can show from history that whether the funds are bullish or bearish, the commodity sector has an impact of the price of corn on the farm of 50 cents either way of what a price regression would suggest. So with all the money being pumped into our system, if the funds turn bullish at some point toward the commodity sector, that could add up to 50 cents to whatever price regression should say. So if the price regression should say we should have a 315 price, national average cash price, that could take us as high as 360 or 365. If they're bearish the commodities, it can go the other way as well. Some interesting things to think about. We're going to talk more about this when we come back with a follow-up on that question. And we're going to look at what's been happening within the livestock market today. Maybe things are getting a little stagnant on one specific area. More is coming up. Stick around. It is the Wednesday version of the Fontenelle Final Bell. Arlen Suderman is joining us with Stonex. Stick around for part two. It's coming up after this. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As we continue our conversation with Arlen Suderman of Stonex. And Arlen, we left off talking a little bit about markets and, and reflections of reality. And of course, you know, many producers probably say I would rather know what the real price is than what has been happening back and forth so they can adjust. But that kind of follows back then. Do we need restricted limits instead of keeping to expand these limits should these limits be smaller yeah it's an excellent question because uh the the algos really do drive momentum the problem is when you bump up against uh limits that tends to create more panic and build up more and you can actually accelerate the market further in a particular direction as well so there's a lot of debate there on both sides of that argument what it should be my personal opinion is is in that most cases except for very extraordinary cases. It's better if you get the orders flow going through and let the market handle it. And if it overdoes it, it tends to come back quicker. 
Um, but uh, there's been a lot of opinions both sides of that. The other thing we were talking about during the break, and you and I talked about this just two weeks ago, dealt with the Dakota pipeline and how it really is going to have an effect on what we see within these grain markets. Yeah, and the good news is the D.C. Appeals Court will hear the case uh, to determine whether the pipeline uh, is operating in violation of the permits, you know, whether they rushed through and shortcutted the permit process or not. But they reversed the original ruling, and they do not have to shut down the pipeline while the Longest time. Therefore, that means the oil can continue on the pipeline. Oh, it can. Okay. And the good news for the grain and oil seed industry is sounds all right. Not put pressure on the railroads to move that oil at the expense of the grain. So as we go into the harvest period, we can continue to see those trains operating normally. And with the size of this year's crops looking to be big, that is very good news. So that we can hopefully move the grain when we need to move it. Hey, Amy, need to move it too. This is Bryce again. I sent you just a. Happened in Lebanon and it has devastated some of their port area, but their grain supply as well. And I was reading this morning, this morning in a Reuters story that they've got less than a month's supply. What's that going to mean? And is there an opportunity for us to do some selling? Well, it does mean that they're going to be importing. Um, they normally import grain and we expect them, which is why it was stored at the port like that. Um, but I anticipate we're going to see it. Imports now step up rather rapidly, but looking at their location, we're probably looking at grain coming out of the Black Sea. Um, That's probably going to fill most of it, and I'd be surprised if they got much from the United States unless it is USDA donations of, of wheat or something like that. That is a possibility, uh, but if USDA doesn't donate, then it's probably going to be Black Sea wheat. Good to know. Let's look over to the livestock side. Stagnant is the way these hogs have been. They really have been. We're dealing with, uh, you know, we did bounce, so we put in a low there in in late June, and the market started rallying into mid-July. We started firming the cash market, but then the product market just got oversupplied again and started tumbling again, um, and the cash started going down as well. So I think we're trying to chop out a sideways trading range where we can just kind of chew through. We've got big supplies coming up this fall. Looks like as we get into the the spring, uh, winter and spring, we should have tightened up supply somewhat. We'll get through the big backup in supplies we had because of the plant shutdowns. It's going to take us a long time to get through that. And uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if we test that late June low again. Hopefully it'll be able to hold. Um, But we're we're kind of trending in the wrong direction here again. But what about the cattle prices? I mean, we're seeing a trend higher for them. It has been impressive. And we have with the cheaper prices, once we got choice cuts down to around $200, that's been a level that has found some demand. We start bouncing off of that, and it seems like we start coming under pressure once again. And, and But it seems thus far that $200 has held fairly well, and we've strengthened our export demand as prices that got down to that level. That has helped. We still need food service. We need to remember California and other places as well, but California being the big state doesn't allow any on-premise uh, operation of restaurants. Uh, because of uh, COVID-19 fears. That's 13% of our national restaurant demand right there. 
Uh, so that's significant. So we really need exports, uh, and uh, we've got a lot of beef to move. And uh, so it's been impressive how the live cattle market just continues to trend lower. Uh, this week's trade, basically in that $98, $98 to $100 per hundred weight range. So we are moving higher. Of course, uh, the August contract's already above that. We've got uh, first delivery notices next Monday evening. All right, sounds good, Arlen. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? StoneX.com over on Twitter. My handle is Arlen, A-R-L-A-N-F-F-101. We covered a wide variety of topics today. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve substantial risk of loss, and they're not suitable for all investors. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers. Check it out at ruralradio.com or wherever you subscribe. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.